We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, if we only knew that the opening drive touchdown that the Ravens defense allowed Sunday in Arizona, which was the first all season long, that that would be a sign of weird things to come the next previous four quarters, Sarah, then, uh, yeah, I think we would have known it was going to be a bizarre afternoon right from the jump. And it was, but the bottom line is just win, baby. The Ravens found a way to do that at the desert inside the Arizona Cardinals stadium on Sunday, 31 to 24. The Ravens emerged victorious and proved to six and two. For the fourth time in the last five seasons, they've won three straight games now, Sarah. And uh, again, what's John Harbaugh's phrase? I feel like it applies. It, w- it wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect, <laughs> but uh, it's it's us. And as far as us, it was them today. Hopefully it's not us or them throughout the course of the next couple months, but it, it's good enough for six and two through eight weeks of football. It's it's uh, there isn't a field today like we had last week against the Detroit Lions, obviously, where it just felt like the Ravens dominated from snap one to the final snap. But you are in a pretty good position when you put up 31 points. Uh, 17 of those 24 for the Cardinals were in the fourth quarter, which is just bizarre. Uh, we'll get to the defense here in a minute. But when you put up 31 and it's just like, a, oh, I don't know, that wasn't a very good day. And by the way, you had to travel out west to get it done. Um, you know, you're in a pretty good position. Lots to work on. We're going to talk about all the things that definitely need to be worked on. But the end, at the end of the day, the Ravens are standing alone. Um, certainly not locking anything up at this point, but pretty comfortably in first place at six and two, where all the other AFC North teams are at four and three. Actually, the, the Bengals are, are last in the division, but they're tied with the other guys because of their uh, division record. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's just, it's an interesting feeling today because it's like you put up 31 points. The Cardinals never led outside of that first drive of seven points, which was wonky in and of itself. They were certainly helped out with some flags there. Uh, So, you know, you're not like jumping up and down because of 31. And yet at the same time, you're pretty happy with it to get three in a row uh, stacking these wins with two of them. One of them, you're out to London and now you're out West. So you feel good about that, but you still know that there's still so much meat on the bone and there's so much more this Ravens team can do. And a look of terms of what's to come, a couple of graphics here, you know, six of the final games now moving forward are at home. So to your point, they've traveled all over the place overseas and to the West coast, but yet, Here we go. Six of the final nine games are going to be inside the bank. And then how about Lamar Jackson? 15 and two as a career starter at home in November or later. He's got to make sure that he's available, obviously. And as Kyle Barber tweeted, yeah, lots of miles have been logged by this team. So some home cooking to come here in the next few weeks for the next couple months. And hopefully that means good things for the Ravens. But specifically speaking, to their quarterback, their MVP caliber quarterback. Look at the numbers just in terms of through seven games going back to 2019. This was entering today, of course, because they improved to six and two, but the CBS broadcast team, which we will definitely talk about CBS throughout the course of this show, (laughs) at least once, I promise you it's coming. 
We won't do it within the first couple minutes because there's more important things. But how about this, partner? They stacked up the 2019 season statistically in terms of record, pass yards, rush yards, and total touchdowns for Lamar up against 2023. And, yeah, I mean – this needs to be talked about. What was the MVP-esque today? I wouldn't say so, but they got it, they got it done. Yeah, so, I mean, that's great through the first seven games. This, this eighth game didn't help him with his numbers because I really remember Lamar taking off in the second half of the season in 2019. I mean, big time. So that could still potentially happen here. Today, it was just like, uh, I would say both – Watching with my eyes and looking at the stats because sometimes they don't correspond. Um, it was just like a solid day, but not like a very like gaudy day. He finished um, 18 to 27 with 157 yards and one touchdown and 94.2 quarterback rating. Where the Ravens got all their points was right in the bus in the end zone. So Lamar certainly led him there. Uh, and then Gus, I mean, we'll get to Gus here in a minute, but he finished with the three touchdowns. So, yeah, not a not a really big um, statistic day for Lamar. One thing that I found interesting, Bobby, um, because really two of the Ravens' touchdowns came off of short fields off of interceptions, right? So uh, that's 14 of those 31 points. They had their patented first touchdown drive. They always seem to come out and score on that first drive. <laughs> and then finally in the second half, Todd Munkin turned to the run game and Gus Edwards, and then that was their last touchdown drive. Here's what I found interesting, and I wonder if it goes back, Bobby, to what we talked about when Todd Munkin had such a non-defensive answer when people ask them about Kurt Warner's review of the offense, Kurt Warner's still saying there are issues in spacing and, and all that kind of stuff. Today, both Lamar and Harbaugh, they certainly didn't throw Munkin under the bus. I do not want to give that impression. But they felt free to talk about the play calling, which I felt like almost has never happened, whether it was Greg Roman or somebody else. I just don't feel like it. And I wonder if it's because Todd Munkin isn't, like this big, like, uh, oh, I had to defend myself at every turn. And he's always like worried about what people are saying about them. Because at one point, I believe it was Jonah Schaefer who asked John Harbaugh. He said, hey, I think you guys are around 70% passing on early downs. And he was like, was that a plan or was this and that? And Harbaugh's like, no, that was just kind of the play calling. And he goes, but we'll look into it. He goes, believe me, nobody's his own worst critic than, than Todd Munkin. Then Lamar Jackson later was asked about that. Hey, what happened in the first half? And he was like, well, we just were holding on to the ball too long. We had this long developing routes and you'd get sacks. And he said, I believe we should have started running earlier because obviously they had success when they did do it later. I mean, it really turned on there, especially in the fourth quarter. So I found it interesting. It was clear they were passing too much in the first half. Like, the Cardinals were dropping back, whereas so many other teams are like coming after Lamar, and that hasn't worked. So these guys decided to drop back, but I don't feel like Todd Munkin adjusted soon enough in the first half. He did in the second half. But I found it very interesting that both Harbaugh and, and, and Lamar felt at liberty to talk about the play calling, even though they weren't throwing it under the bus, but they were able to comment on it. And I And I wonder if that's just because Todd's cool with it. I think that's a great point. It brings me back to just like the, the different, and you see some of these numbers, by the way, from Gus Edwards, which we'll get to in just a second, but it, it, there's such a different demeanor in terms of media availability with, with the Todd Munkin led group. And again, it's not to drag Greg Roman. We know that he was very productive mm -hmm. during his time here and they've kept a lot of the run concepts, matter of fact, and they've had success with that through the first couple last months. Last week, of this Munkin season. was in his bag. Let's not forget that. Without <laughs> question. Know? Without yeah. question. Uh, one of the things I really, we talked about this just a little bit during the Kurt Warner segment is from time to time, Giro came across as a little defensive to me during his media availability. Todd is so far from that. He is so accepting and willing to listen that when he did mention that Kurt Warner nugget that you just said, he's like, I don't disagree with a lot of the concepts that, that he mentioned. You know what right. I mean? Like he, he welcomed it. And he acted as if he'd already seen the video. So perhaps they, you know, PR or somebody made sure that he saw it because they knew he was going to get asked about it. And I just, 
it was so refreshing and it almost like it's it's rejuvenating to hear that. We already mentioned that earlier in the week, so I'm not going to, you know. Just just one other point, just so that we're not only saying Greg Rowan. Bobby, I would say in all my time in covering football and actually working inside, most coaches are more like, hey, don't, don't, like Todd Munkin is the exception to the rule. It's not Greg Roman who's the exception to the rule. It is Todd Munkin who's the exception to the rule, <laughs> who's so laid back and cool with that. Just wanted to put that out there. I like it. I like it. Yeah. His back, boy, he was working in the second half. <laughs> Gus, 19 carries for 80 yards. And as Jamison Hensley tweeted, he became the first Ravens player with three rushing touchdowns in a game since our old friend Mark Ingram did it during the aforementioned 2019 season. Sarah, the, the one of the touchdowns that he had, quite literally, and, and I thought the CBS broadcast, let's give the CBS broadcast crew some, some love here in this sense. Ross Tucker pointed it out because he's, he's a former offensive lineman. Two guys were unblocked, and Gus said, I don't care. I'm going through you to get into the end zone. And here it is right here. Perfect segue, Sarah. Good stuff. I mean, you know, a, a, a relentlessness, right? I, I am coming through you, and I'm getting into the end zone one way or the other. And, and Gus was was just in his bag today for sure. Oh, Gus. Gus had a great game. Uh, yeah, this, this right here is my favorite, his favorite run of the game. I mean, they even had Pat Ricard right there, right, going up the middle. These two defenders came off the edge, and they both hit Gus. One of them, this one from, what is that? Is that an 87, a 67? Whoever that is, he hit him hard. Like, Gus, like, I, you know, I saw his whole, like, torso get torqued back. Uh, but he he kept going. And it's interesting, Bobby, because, because Munkin was calling so many pass plays, especially on early downs, then if you, if you don't convert, then you're kind of forced to do it again on third down. It, it had some of the, the journalists, and I saw people on Twitter, wondering, do the Ravens trust their running backs? Because there's so much talk about the Ravens wanting to trade for a running back. They asked John Harbaugh about that, and he said, no, we, we trust our guys. Obviously, Gus had a huge day, and uh, you know he says we trust Hill. He, he talks about Keaton Mitchell, and then he talks about Melvin Gordon. Um, so that's what Harbaugh has to say. But outside of Gus, and Gus isn't like this huge game breaker. He, this is him right here. This is the this is what he's best at. He can do some other stuff for sure. And oh, by the way, he and Lamar and their street ball continues to go. Uh, that one shovel pass to Gus was great, I think, in the first quarter. Um, but as much as Harbaugh said the right things, I still I, I don't know. I still don't know if that's true. I still think that they may want a game breaker. And if they have to continue with these guys, they'll be fine. But uh, I still wonder, uh, I wonder if there's some truth behind some of these rumors of the Ravens looking for a running back. Sherry Ramirez just checking in here on the live chat. Can you or Sarah highlight the touchdowns? Because I missed one. We sure can. And then we'll get to Mark Andrews freelancing. Don't let me forget about that. So Mark Andrews got the day started. By the way, he's one touchdown away from Todd Heap's franchise record. And it was a homecoming for Mark Andrews. So matter of fact, before we go through the touchdown, We'll hear from 89, returning home to the desert. Being back in Arizona, um, you know, for me, it was awesome. Uh, first time playing back here since, you know, high school. So that was cool. Um, but really just having my family in there and um, having them all be there was, was special. And um, I'm happy the way the guys played, how they fought. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, we could have, you know, taken control of this game and blown this blown the game out. But um, and I think we did at the end of the day. They, they held on, but... Um, yeah, I think for us it was a good game and uh, a pivotal game, and we're going to work on this and, and get better. So Mark Andrews got things started in the first quarter with a touchdown. Gus Edwards, the first of three, came in the second quarter right before um, right before the half. Uh, so again, he had three. Justin Tucker had a 48-yard field goal, and uh, that, and that was the Ravens' offense. 31 total points. Hey, partner, you know some some folks are mentioning this in the live chat too. Just so you know, I, you've been frozen throughout the majority of the stream, so maybe if you want to come in and out, or maybe reboot, um, that's fine. And I'll just talk a little bit about CyberTech and a couple other things. And today's post game show is exclusively sponsored by CyberTech, a next generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm. A new way to acquire resources, whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, 
CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for an introduction by scanning the QR code in the upper right-hand corner, which I'll have up in there momentarily. There it is. And if not, you can just go right to the show notes below and you can email them at info at cybertech-es.com. All that can be found in the show notes below. So that is that. Thank you to Cybertech as always for the support. And uh, I still look frozen. Well, that's all right. Your audio is, hasn't, hasn't missed a beat. So we'll just keep moving. And in order to do that, I just wanted to share with you Jeff's Rebix tweet within the last couple minutes. Both Roquan and Marlon made clear that the Ravens didn't play up to their standard defensively today. Humphrey said there were times where the Ravens weren't lining up properly. Also mentioned penalties and missed tackles. So maybe we want to transition there. And before we do, Roquan Smith will return to the vault tomorrow. That's Monday the 30th for another episode of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith. So be on the lookout for that. And tweet at us at SG Ellison at Bobby Baltimore what question you would ask Agent Zero tomorrow. We'll try to fit in as many as we possibly can, Sarah. All right. Sorry. I just uh, texted my family and asked them if anybody's watching TV anywhere or have any computers on. And I can see the culprit right across my office. So I am going to talk to them. So why don't you go ahead, Bobby, and I'm going to go fix this real quick. Yeah, no, no worries. Here's John Harbaugh post game. Because in this league, you have to be able to do that. You're just not going to be hitting on every cylinder every single week, you know, and um, you have to find a way to win those games. I think the best teams over time prove that they'll win games even when they're not at their best. They'll find a way to win games late. They'll find a way to win a game when they can't run it, or when they can't throw it, or when they can't stop something. They'll still find a way to win the game. And really, that's, that's players, that's character, but it's also talent, ability, confident guys who can make plays, you know, and I felt like our guys did a, did a good job of that today. You know, I just mentioned that Mark Andrews freelancing comment a second ago, right? We were talking about sort of the, the Kurt Warner criticism from this past week related to Todd Munkin and the passing concepts and stuff, and we saw it today on that touchdown, that first touchdown to Mark Andrews. Did you notice what happened in the end zone? Mark stopped halfway through his route in the middle of the end zone, did not finish the route. And what happened? He was completely wide open. Mark has earned the right to freelance, right? The, the right to play street ball with Lamar, much like Travis Kelsey has earned that right in Kansas City. And so while I totally respect Kurt Warner, top down, Super Bowl champion, pro football, Hall of Famer at the quarterback position, he's also got to recognize that Mark has earned the right to, to, to be a, an improv artist, right? And you saw it today in his hometown, returning back to Arizona. He gets it done, and he is one touchdown away, like we mentioned, from passing or tying the great Todd Heap. Pretty dang productive tight end himself over his years in Baltimore. We got you, partner. Not quite yet, so we'll wait for her. <laughs> Here she is. You just give me the heads up when you're good to go because you're muted right now. We'll continue to work through it. Don't worry. You know what's kind of funny about this is doesn't this feel – did the CBS broadcast leak into what we were doing here in Baltimore or out there in Columbus? I'll just talk about it right now, and then we won't revisit it again. I thought that the CBS broadcast today was one of the sloppiest, goofiest telecasts that I've ever watched, not just within the NFL – but within professional sports, okay? And I get it. Ross Tucker is a former NFL offensive lineman, right? And he knows the game. There's no question about that. But I just thought from a production standpoint, from a content standpoint, a polish, I, I, to me, it was, it was not an uh, enlightening listen. It, 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 just, it just felt sloppy. And um, especially when they were talking about Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce had himself... A big-time day leads the way for the Ravens' defense. He is a run-stuffer specialist, matter of fact, and we have the numbers for you right here. Are you kidding me? This guy's having – he had himself a career day, Michael Pierce. One uh, strip sack, 
two fourth down stops, one pass deflection, five tackles, and a tackle for loss. He was in the trenches getting it done for the Ravens. And as he said post game, yeah, he hasn't exactly been in the stat sheet throughout this season, but goodness gracious, has he been disruptive. And today, today you finally saw it come through for him in terms of the overall box score. So hats off to Michael Pierce. He was big time in the trenches for Baltimore's defense. He deserves a ton of credit. And yes, defensively speaking, they were not as sharp as you just heard there from Jeff's tweet. Marlon and Roquan both holding themselves accountable in terms of what the defense put forth today. And lots of holes. Lot, and matter of fact, crazy. Statistically speaking, Arizona actually outgained Baltimore in several categories, including total plays, uh, overall yards, uh, total drives, passing, time of possession. Uh, where were they in third down? Third down efficiency. They had the Ravens beat. So crazy enough. And I know a lot of that had to do with what happened in the second in the second half there. But Arizona, to me, to best describe the Cardinals, they're kind of pesky. You know, that they're hard hitting. They're a prideful group. Just one win through now eight weeks of football. A young head coach playing without Kyler Murray. There's a reason why they were able. Didn't they beat the Dallas Cowboys? I think that's their one win. There's a reason why they they were able to beat a Cowboys team. This team's going to find a way to get wins. So I, I know it's easy to sit here and harp on, on everything that went, went wrong today, critically speaking. But hey, it is a week-to-week -week league. You saw that today with the Denver Broncos beating the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a week-to-week -week league. We see it every single week. What's up, partner? <laughs> Can you see me? Can we see me? <laughs> You're good. You're good. I have a lot of guests here, and I've gotten them all off the internet. So <laughs> maybe we it's should have done good. that beforehand. Uh, well, well I was gonna I mean, you, got, you, got, you got your parents in town. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on out there in Columbus, which is exciting. There's a lot going on. But I, I was going to agree with you on the broadcast, but now I have no room to talk because I can't even get my <laughs> internet uh, in schedule. But, yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, it, I was, it was more the commentary. I, I was not a fan of Ross Tucker. Um, yeah, I just wasn't a fan. I just felt like it was uh, like an emotional call. I don't know. Some of his calls were like too emotional. And I just want, I just like the announcers to call it, you know, as it is and keep us informed and all that kind of stuff. But um, so you already talked about Michael Pierce, who was an absolute beast. And if it weren't for him and those guys up the middle, Matt Abike was great. I felt like our edge guys weren't as good today. Um, whether it was like Odafe Owe, Owe, you know, going off sides when the Ravens had him stopped inside the five, uh, and then you get him a fresh set of downs, or Jadavian Clowney not picking up the ball or just falling on the ball uh, after Michael Pierce had created that sack strip and the ball was right there. Um, the scoop of the score would have been nice, but man, just jump, jump on it. So, um, I, I, yeah, I just didn't feel like the outside guys had as big of a day. Um, so it was great that, that Michael Pierce just was like, just like one of those days where it's like, what is your nose tackle? Like the star of the game. And, and he had so many splash plays, babe, Bobby. I pulled a couple of screen grabs because there were so many that were hilarious to me. First of all, the belly flop was probably my favorite play, even though that wasn't like as big of a deal but when you have this 300 pound plus dude just like starfish belly flop coming at you i do not want to be on the bottom of that pile yeah but like right there that's one of the fourth and one stops there on the pitcher to the left where it's just like i don't know how you do it how you get through an offensive line and then take it you know this this running back who's got you know, massive quads and you stop him short, then there's the screen grab of his pass uh, deflection at the line of scrimmage. And when he was at the podium, he just was making me smile. He just seemed like he had like the best day ever. Everything was going right for Michael Pierce today. And I'm happy for him because, you know, when he first signed, he wasn't that healthy with the Ravens. He's been healthy and he's just, he's just, he's just kicking booty. He's, he's doing great. I'm happy for him. It's good to have him back in Baltimore for a second stint, to your point. And I think 
because I began the broadcast off the top with it sort of being a quirky, weird, unusual game, yeah. we should probably say why. And I think at the top of the list is why the officials moved the ball back by a half yard on Arizona after what looked to be communication from a headset or New York or whatever it was. This was something that kind of had the broadcast booth, including Ross howling. He's yeah. howling on the broadcast. Okay. And so the CBS goes on to explain that it can be one of two things, right? I'm reading your tweet here, a video assist in New York communicating to the refs or one of the side judges coming in to essentially move the football back. I think it was radioed in, right? That was the final conclusion. I don't. I didn't hear the final conclusion. I just heard those those two options. But this is where you need your broadcast guy to know that, though. Do you know what I mean? Because then it it sets off a panic. Like if that was reversed, and all the Ravens fans were like, "Wait, what the heck is that all about?" I'm sure in Arizona they're like, "What the heck is this all about?" So you get this feeling that there's some weird, you know, <laughs> cheating or like the refs are just being crazy because he was like, oh, "I've never seen that before in my life," and it's like. You, uh, you, he's got to be plugged into how communications work. So he's like, so like, because his, his overreaction is like, what, what is the fix in? Like what's going on here? So uh, yeah, that was one thing that, you know, you'd want him to know, but maybe he's new and, and is learning as he goes. So I guess, according to CBS sports, Ryan Mink tweeted this, the replay official in the booth in Arizona, apparently radioed down to the field to tell the refs to move back that spot. So Again, did not impact or hurt the Ravens whatsoever. Yeah. Very quirky, very unusual, very weird. What was also a little bizarre was on the opening drive, Justin Matabike's sack is wiped out by an illegal contact penalty called on Kyle Hamilton, Sarah. And if you go and re-watch this, Jonas Schaefer put out the video. We obviously can't share it with you for copyright purposes. This was phantom-like. What else can you do if you're Kyle in this case? So I found that to be bizarre, pretty bizarre. The Jadavian Clowney tries to scoop and score a football instead of just falling on it. I mean, can you think of anything else that I'm missing? It was a, well, oh, the, the, of course, Nelson Aguilar's hands yes. on the onside <laughs> kick, a special teams blunder. I mean, every single week, it seems as if there's something in that department. So uh, how about how about the I was gonna say the Aguilar one, and then they went right back to him the second time he he secured it. How about the refs not calling the play dead when McBride? Oh, it was like a seventeen yard touchdown, I guess. But like literally, not only should they play it when the when the play stalls, but the Ravens defense was literally pushing him back. And as um, well, on this, I do agree with on with Ross Tucker. It's like he was like, if you, no, no, it was Gene Saratori that came in that said this. Um, that it's like if you don't call the play dead, that's when bad things happen. You know, like to get these big groups of guys together pushing one way or the other. And so, all the Ravens almost seem like, yeah, like I saw Marlon Humphrey on the ground being like, "Yo, when are you guys going to call this dead?" So. Um, yeah, that was one of the other weird things. And one thing I definitely want to talk to Roquan about tomorrow, because this was weird for the Ravens, but 17 fourth quarter points. Like, first of all, the Ravens haven't given up much points at all this year. I said, you know, there was a chance they, they could just not give up any touchdowns at all. But I ended up, I was like, well, it's a home game, so I'll give them 10 points. They ended up getting 17 just in the fourth quarter. And by the way, it's the Cardinals who are not a second half team. They're the ones who always have mistakes in the second half. So that was weird. Um, the yeah, you got the picture of this the the turf up, and it's not turf because they're grass, right? But it's clearly very poor. Like guys' footings were like they're they're slipping everywhere because the ground kept giving up underneath them. I mean, look at all those pivot. It looks like they played polo with horses on that field, Bobby. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, we're definitely gonna discuss this with Roquan for sure because this has been a major topic of conversation about the Cardinals field beforehand. So you saw it again today. Guys were slipping all over the place, including one time it led to a sack of Lamar, Sarah. Ronnie completely loses his footing. And mm. I mean, completely, it was blatant. And it leads for a direct hit on Lamar Jackson. So we'll try to get down to the bottom of that. 
with Roquan tomorrow. Again, that's Monday the 30th. Roquan Smith rejoins the vault. We're looking forward to that for sure. We got to talk about who remains the league leader in interceptions at this point in time, and that is number 26. Somebody who just a couple of years ago was cut by the Ravens, is a former seventh-round pick, was shipped down to Houston, never even played in the game, decided that when the after, after he kind of had to make a decision in terms of what his future would be with the Texans, asked to be released, wasn't sure the direction in which they were headed. I thought Jeff Zarebeck had an incredible profile out on Gino, courtesy of The Athletic, that I read up on this morning. And Sarah, as his high school football coach in Pennsylvania says, if you're looking for the football, just look for Gino. Just look for yeah. Gino. I actually think it was the other way around. If you're looking for Gino, look for the football. He's got five interceptions this season. Only 14 teams had more picks coming into today. Teams. Teams, teams. as Jonas Schaefer tweeted out. And this, in terms of good company to be in, his fifth interception. Gino now matches the great Ed Reed as the first Raven to have five interceptions in a season through the team's first eight games. Congratulations to Gino. He is a great story of resilience. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And week in and week out, Sarah, he continues to notch the interception category. Wow. Well, the picture we have up here shows it perfectly. Not only did Gino steal the ball from Dobbs on the interception, but he stole <laughs> Brennan Stevens' second interception of the game because either way, one of the two guys was going to get an interception. But, like, Gino just closed on that ball so quickly. Like, they're both in the air. They're both in perfect position to pick that ball up. In fact, uh, as we know, Brennan Stevens did get uh, an interception earlier in the game. Uh, Ravens got a great picture of it, their their production staff, and they tweet it. They say this is a work of art. So that's the second interception for Brennan Stevens. And honestly, both of them were just bad passes by Dobbs. But it's just interesting to me, Bobby, because Gino, I mean, Brandon Stevens might be the best cornerback the Ravens have had through eight games. And remember, Humphrey has been injured coming back from his stuff. So he's been probably the best cornerback. As they said on the broadcast, he's been the most targeted corner in throughout the NFL. He's played great there. Meanwhile, Geno Stone leading the NFL, as we said, in interceptions. These two guys are leading the defensive back groups and nobody would have predicted it. Nobody would have predicted it in August. Maybe not, probably not even September. And I know that because everybody was freaking out about needing, I wanted to bring back Marcus Peters, all that kind of stuff. But then it's like, now you don't even remember Marcus Peters and all that because these two guys are stepping up. I was worried about uh, Marcus Williams going down because I said he's the main guy that gets all the interceptions. And now Geno freaking Stone is leading the NFL. And these two guys are just having a season. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three straight games with a pick for Gino. And again, he's doing this so admirably as a fill-in, much as he's been asked to do without, throughout the last couple of years. Unfortunately for Marcus Williams, he continues to be banged up. He continues to be unavailable. But Sarah, they are not looking back, and he has taken this whole next man up mentality to a whole new level in Baltimore. So congratulations to Gino. Big time performance from him. And, and you're right. Brandon Stevens deserves his credit. Through eight weeks of football, you would not know that go, you know, just a couple months ago, we were very concerned with the depth in the secondary. And that speaks to what these guys are bringing to them depth-wise. It speaks to how Mike McDonald is using them accordingly. And uh, everybody deserves a little bit of credit. Are you going to bring up that graphic maybe that compares the 2023 Ravens defense to where were you headed? Either that one or no, where let's were you do headed? it. Let's do it because we were talking about the defense, but it's just, it, this is one of those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I don't know the word because I don't, I don't believe in it. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the word is. Jinx. It's one of those jinx graphics because they put this graphic up, which compares the 2000 defense and the 2023 defense. And they're not really side-by-side -side comparisons, comparisons in each category. Like it showed that the 2000 defense had 2.3 points per game that they allowed this year's squad cutting into this game was 13.9. Then all the other stats are just basically where the, where the defense leads the NFL. So this year's defense leads the NFL in giving up just 4.1 yards per play and then 29 sacks. Um, so, but what I don't like is they, they showed it and then the fourth quarter happened and everything went down the tube. So uh, let's see how that affects all of this, this stuff. So uh, yeah, just one of those moments where they put up a graphic and then all of a sudden the defense fell apart. So literally uh, as I tweeted, yeah. it, as I tweeted, yeah. it, they're running it in. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I love what Justin Holt well, this, hits on here. You know, even if Marcus Williams does come back, Ravens got to find a way to keep Geno on the field tenfold times a thousand. Justin, absolutely. He's given them no other choice but to keep him around. He's earned that opportunity. Was there anything else on the defense? Because I was going to switch back to the offense, yes. and I don't know if you – okay. So yes, I don't know if you prepare. covered this while I was while I was out um, trying to fix my internet. But I wanted to well, talk well, about sorry, OBJ. Sorry, sorry. One more thing defensively is what I meant. Okay. All right. Oh, so, my bad, my bad. That's okay. So, so Kyle Hamilton had himself a career day. This was sort of lost, lost in the shuffle here. I didn't realize it. Bo Smoka tweeted it out. Kyle finished with 10 total tackles, nine of which were solo. He had a tackle for loss and a pass deflection. Those 10 tackles are a career high for him. So big time for Kyle. Obviously, a couple games this year where he's really put in a heck of a, a heck of an effort. The three-sack game against the Colts and a losing effort. And then today, a career record for him in the double-digit category in terms of sacks. So, congrats to Kyle. Well, a couple more things on the defense just because I'm seeing uh, some quotes coming in on Twitter. So, Janet, Jonas Schaefer talked to Roquan on the defense's lackluster day. Roquan said, we can't allow those mistakes to beat us again, and we can't allow them to happen over and over throughout the season. It's one of those things where, yeah, you just can't let things snowball. Like, you can have – like, the Chiefs were upset by Denver today. Right. So it's like you're going to have bad days. You're you're happy to come out with a win, uh, but you can't let bad mistakes snowball. And then let's see. Ravens Roquan Smith was asked if he anticipated any moves. This is from Jameson Henley for Baltimore before the deadline. Uh, Roquan says, I'm sure if GM EDC, if EDC and the guys feel that if there are pieces out there, they can help us. I'm sure they'll bring it in. He knows better than anybody because he was brought in right before the end of the deadline. So anything else on defense? No, I know where you're going next. So let's transition to the offensive side of things and a dude who just wants to get in the freaking end zone. <laughs> and that is Odell Beckham Jr., who you may have seen my tweet that I captured from the CBS broadcast crew. 
you it's, it's a little messy here, but you get the point. He took his helmet and sent that thing flying. He drew. It's not messy. Three. It just shows. It just shows how angry he was. It shows how fervent the was the fervent it was that he threw his helmet down. It looks like a Look, collage. A what word. are you talking about? It looks like, it looks a, like pa a paint splatter. No, <laughs> are we looking at the same the, thing? It's the velocity of his helmet going down. That's why I liked it. I didn't. I could have redone the screen grab, but I was like, no. It shows how angry he is. The sheer power and force and the torque exactly. that he had on the helmet toss. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. But Sarah, I sure wish for OBJ's sake that DPIs when you draw them show up in in the stats sheet in terms of yards. But unfortunately for him, that's not the case. He drew three of them. Uh, he drew three DPIs, which means he's still he's still a problem out there, right? He still has to be taken into account. And while the, the separation creation has not exactly been there, he's still a threat. And as you saw, he just wants to get into the end zone. You can tell the anticipation. Lamar even said it post-game. He's looking for him. He's trying to get him involved. He did get banged up today. Luckily, and thankfully for him and, and kind of everybody, OBJ left after a major collision, which looked to be inadvertent. Buda Baker, who's the Arizona Cardinals star, was going for the ball. And I think as he's in the air, Sarah, he he realizes that, oh, wow, Odell's right here. And with, an, with a knee, an ankle, full body, right into the midsection, it looked like a, well, it was ruled as a, uh, stomach contusion. Odell ran off on his own power to the locker room, later returned to the game. But did he return to the game or was he just on the sideline? No, he returned to the game. That that okay. was when what he after he returned is when he threw that helmet down. I got you. Oh, that's right. He, okay. He threw that. Yeah, Thank he drew you. that third penalty. So um there's two things ab about this that I want to say about him being angry about this. Number one, I like it for him personally. Because I like the fire. I like that he's not satisfied with a DPI in the end zone. I like that he is hungry for his first touchdown. It's been 200-plus days, maybe 250-plus since he's had a touchdown. He's been, you know, grinding, trying to be healthy, and, you know, he wants it. So I love that fire for him. What I don't want, though is that fire to bleed out to the point where the Ravens try to force it to him, if that makes sense. There's been a couple of balls, like Lamar said, hey, I'm trying to get him his first down. And I do appreciate that from Lamar. I do know that Lamar is aware of wanting to get everybody involved, and I think that's a good thing. But I think where it stops being a good thing and might be bleeding into a bad thing is if you force it. And so I love that fire, but I don't want that fire to translate to like, ooh, we got it, we have to make this happen when it might not be there. So keep the fire up, but let's keep it, you know, let's keep it within, within bound. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, How about that you segue? got a comment here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, we got, thank our... you for the, the $20, uh, you know, love there. And I, and as we seem to be on the, on the same page, Jamison Hensley did talk to Odell Beckham Jr. Afterwards. And he said, quote, it would have been great if it would have been TDs instead of pass interferences, but we appreciate the calls. We just have to keep getting after it because we need um, – oh, no, this is Lamar Jackson. Excuse me. This I thought this was Odell. This is Lamar Jackson. He says, we just have to keep getting after it because we need him to score. He deserves it. So, again, I like that Lamar tries to get him involved. You just can't cross the line to where it's forced. Thanks again for the super chat donation through the YouTube live feature, Tongsley. I hope I pronounced that correctly. We'll get to one more of those, and then we're going to open up the guest lines in just a second as well and tell you a pretty awesome milestone for Ravens right guard Kevin Zeitler. Okay, I think I got this name wrong, so he's telling me, he's reminding me about it in the, in the chat, which is great. Uh, Roby, not Robbie, I think I had said a couple weeks back. Roby writes, it, this was a blue-collar type of win. Not flashy, but the job got done by grinding it out. But why did the refs not blow that last Arizona touchdown dead? Lack of uh, forward progress. Yeah, we, we discussed that of, of a little while ago. That was under the tacky, or no, no, under the quirky category. And there were many of those throughout the day, uh, certainly, that fit that mold. Um, yeah, one last thing. Did you just discuss this while I was out? This touchdown and the clunkiness? Uh, like, I, I don't I think you kind of went back to Kurt Warner. 
this is just this was a great touchdown uh, pass from Lamar to Mark Andrews. But this is the type of thing. It's the good and the bad of like the street ball of the Ravens. So we talked about before one of the reasons why one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that this there isn't correct sp- spacing in the passing offense is because Mark Andrews has a lot of leeway. He he can break off of routes. He can kind of do his own thing because he and Lamar are on the same page. There is no way that Mark Andrews ran his full route on this touchdown catch because he just noticed how much green area there was at the back of the end zone. So he stopped there and, and took it. And luckily, Lamar threw it to him and he caught it by the time because Zay's route was coming through there. So right after Mark Andrews catches it, or almost, I mean, it's a split second after, Zay Flowers kind of runs into him. Now, Zay saw it coming. So look, he's kind of hugging him, help making sure he, he like holds the ball. But this is, there's like the good and the bad to this kind of street ball where you kind of let the let Mark Andrews kind of break off of his route because Flowers probably could have t- caught that touchdown too if he just waited for it to develop. And there was time because he was there just a split second later. Either way, it doesn't matter because Mark got the touchdown and there's more upside than downside. But it's one of the reasons why you don't see correct spacing in the passing game. And I just wanted to highlight that. And I'm highlighting it on a touchdown pass. So it's not the worst thing in the world. No, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Let's get to Kevin Zeitler because this is pretty cool for for Kevin, who's been around the league for many years. And as his proud wife, Sarah, tweeted out, 32. Kevin has officially beaten all 32 teams in the NFL, only the 17th player to do it. Proud doesn't even begin to describe it. This is the same guy, Sarah, you might remember when his wife Sarah was in labor or maybe soon to be in labor or at least in her hospital bed getting ready to give birth he was working on his pass blocking sets so (laughs) he is extremely committed he is very durable he's been really really consistent for the Ravens both in availability and overall performance since they brought him in a couple years ago and obviously you don't hit this number either or this milestone without being somewhat of, um, you know, a, a longer tenured guy in the league. And you have to play with with at least one other team, right? So he's played with several other. And uh, I think, you know, lucky to have him right now in Baltimore for sure. Um, so a couple of things on that. Yeah, you don't beat all 32 teams if you have like the average NFL career length, okay? This guy's been around. This guy is just a grinder. He's somebody you can rely on week in and week out. I remember when that video kind of went viral and they're like, come on, Zite, like you should be paying attention to your wife. Just to come to his defense a little bit as somebody who's who's been through four deliveries, okay? If you have gotten an epidural, sometimes it takes hours and you're chilling. Like there was a few of my kids, I was chilling because I got my epidural early and you and your husband are just kicking it in there and it's kind of nice because Nurses come in and they take care of you. Uh, but my husband would bring popcorn, all that kind of stuff. It's like, hey, do something to pass the time because this baby's not coming yet. So I'm okay with it, especially if they were sitting around. Did you talk about Bateman? Because I want to get to Bateman real quick. Well, well yeah, you you go there, but I'll just say okay. I just want to I just want want you to know since a lot of folks think that we have that that older sister younger brother role, which we do. I think in a lot we of do. ways. You know, you, sure. you definitely, you definitely have that role in my life. I'm just filing away all this advice that you're giving me here for free <laughs> later on in life. When, when I'm sitting in that hospital bed, you know, hopefully I'd, I'd love a family of four, just saying, you know, I really, really want a big family and, and whatnot. And, uh, I'm just making sure to, I'm, I'm going to file that away and we'll, we'll move forward. And I'll use that Take your wife's lead for sure. If my husband was doing that on one of my kids, cause it was painful. The <laughs> other three, it was like easy peasy. So. That's what I'm assuming it was. But I want to talk about Bateman because, um, and thank you, Catherine, um, for your donation here. But uh, Bateman, there were two plays that stuck out to me, and I like it. I like it. It's just keep coming. My favorite was where he wrestled the ball back. This is where I feel like the ball got a little bit away from Lamar, and I just love it. I love it. I love it because Lamar is making plays for his team probably a dozen times a game where it's just like, Everything broke down, like the Gus Edwards, you know, dump off play where he made that up on the fly. He and Gus did. I mean, so many times he just makes everybody else look good. 
This is one where Bateman saved Lamar. Yes, he did. Okay? The, Lamar, the ball got away from him. Looked like the Cardinals were going to get an interception. And I don't know how Bateman closed on that ball and wrestled it back. And it became a first down uh, for Lamar Jackson rather than an interception for Lamar Jackson. I loved Bateman on that. That's what I'm talking about. Just like I want to see that fire back. And on that play, mm, I saw it. The second thing, was it um, was it a jet sweep? What was it? It's usually, I feel like, a play that goes to Zay Flowers or maybe Devin Duvernay, but they give, gave the handoff to Bateman instead. And he, his feet is back. He has wheels, and he's taller than the other guys who usually get those fast ones out of the backfield. So I felt like the Cardinals weren't ready for it because I know I wasn't ready for it because it's usually not him that does it. But he picked up another first down. It's like, let's go. Let's get Bateman involved. You talked about it, about, hey, he's another secret ingredient. You're, you're cruising with Zay. You're cruising with Mark. OBJ's getting you your pass interference yards. But if we can get Bateman keep showing up like this, it's going to continue to take this offense to another level. We we want him to be more involved. We want him to be more consistent. I mean, I, I, I'm i loving it. I was fired up, right? I've been very critical of him. We've both been, I, I think, just fair, but critical of him. And when he wrestled, when he just finds a way to, that's the perfect word for it. He wrestled that football away. And had an absolute mindset where there's no way he's not coming down with that with that ball. So it's mm. good to see him with his legs underneath him. It's good to see him with that that competitive fire. The juices are flowing. Uh, hopefully, that's a good sign of things to come for number seven. Because, like I meant, like you said, yeah, that that was something I said. Like he could be if that's the ingredient that's going to be consistent for this team. Oh man, it could just it could be one of those those puzzle pieces that puts this all this thing all together throughout the course of the season. And then old friends getting together. Lamar said this week, if he had it his way, Marquise would still be a Baltimore Raven. We of course went down memory lane this week with our Arizona Cardinals guest, Ed Smith, reliving everything. Marquise, uh, of course, requested a trade from the Ravens a couple of years ago. And the Ravens granted that request and ultimately used that first round pick in exchange on Tyler Linderbaum. So things have worked out well for, for the Ravens a couple of years later. They've beefed up their wide receiver room. Marquise went and got his his payment from Arizona. Uh, unfortunately, there's just the two teams going in completely different directions. He did get his revenge touchdown, if you will. I don't even know if revenge is the right word because they lost the game, <laughs> but he did score a touchdown today. This is the wholesome content we need. I like this. This is two friends going way back seeing each other for the first time and who knows how long they're both grinding for their individual teams. So I'd like to see this embrace between Lamar and Marquise. It's funny because looking at the, the stats, it felt like Marquise had more than this. He had six receptions for just 33 yards. He did have the, the one touchdown, like you said, but maybe it was because there were so many receptions. I expected more yards. He was targeted nine times. So, uh, uh, he did draw that one pass interference from Humphrey in the end zone on that first, um, Pretty blatant. That first, yeah, yeah. So you know, so he helps them get their first touchdown. So that was a that, that was a pretty solid game for for Marquise Brown, which I'm sure he wanted to do. You always want to perform your best in front of. I don't care if it's your brother, I don't care if it's your sister or whoever. You just want to play well against the ones you know and the ones that you love the best. So pretty good outing for Marquise today against his former team. One of those targets was a force feed right off the jump, if you remember, right? Literally the first play to Marquise. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. is that by design, guys? You know, like, <laughs> clearly, they wanted to get him going. We've opened up the guest lines, by the way. I just dropped the link into the live chat. So if you want to FaceTime into the program, our new feature, our new viewer feature, you can do so for 30 seconds. Let us know where you're from and one thing you want to talk about. But before we do... Of course, the Ravens had to clap back. We all remember the bulletin board material that Arizona not only gave Baltimore, but every single one of their opponents, for the most part, on different levels the night of the schedule release back in May. So they took their opponents, and for each opponent, they had a tweet within a thread that essentially either trolled them, maybe took a playful shot, whatever it was, and for the Ravens, they had a picture of Lamar with the running back song, blah, 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 by Wale and Lil Wayne. So what the Ravens do, they quote tweeted, and this is the Ravens team account, they quote tweeted this from May right after the game with this. Not bad for a running back. All right, well played, guys. 
that's about it. I mean, that, that, is that, we don't even need to do it anymore, right? Like, uh, it, and Lamar, well, I mean, Lamar did not run a lot. Uh, he had five attempts for 17 yards, but most of those were like when they were running out the clock there at the end. So, uh, yeah, nice win. And I have a feeling Arizona's got a lot of people clapping back because they, they kind of jabbed at a few teams during the schedule release. So I don't know. There's no good that can come from that. So I'm sure we're not the last team to kind of jab back. A couple other news and notes before we hit the guest line. Justin Tucker missed from 53 yards. He's now one for four from 50 plus yards this season. And how rare is that? Uh, ESPN stats and info log that uh, it's only the second career miss by JT9 when indoors on 36 total attempts. So, yeah, it was very rare. Hopefully not a sign of things to come for the greatest. And then again, we mentioned that weird, weird glitch Another special teams gaffe, Nelson Aguilar trying to put the game away. Yes, it was a tough bounce, but as Ross Tucker said on the CBS broadcast, you have to aggressively go after the ball. Don't even let a bounce come into play because too many bad things can happen with the freak nature of an onside kick. Nelson kind of went in a little timidly, Sarah, got a terrible bounce off his knee, and next thing you know, Arizona recovers it. So uh, not enough for to, to, you know, to beat the Ravens, but special teams, I would imagine it's not going to be the most fun meeting going through the tape on that. Got to give Jordan Stout some credit as well. He had a 54-yard bomb that pinned the Cardinals at their own eight-yard line. He's been pretty productive so far this season when called upon. And then just in terms of a look around the league, and I want to make sure I bring up the – actually, would you would you mind bringing up the um, just the AFC playoff picture and whatnot because it was an insane week – and, and day specifically at the quarterback position, you had former Raven Tyrod Taylor ruled out of the Giants Jets game with a rib injury, which I just feel terrible for the guy. We already talked recently about the lung puncture uh, a couple of years ago from a team doctor out there in LA that I think it took him out of the rest of the year. So he was taken to the hospital for further evaluation. Kenny Pickett for the Steelers, he was ruled out of the game uh, with a rib injury. Uh, they said he would return, but then they changed course. So Mitchell Trubisky came in. Pittsburgh ends up losing to Jacksonville. Kirk Cousins is feared to have torn his Achilles. So that'll likely finish him and the Minnesota Vikings in all likelihood this year. Ooh, and just maybe that'll look, make them though. more prone to trade, you know, right? a certain outside linebacker. Mm. Right, possibly that by the name of Daniil Hunter. But uh, look at the AFC, boy. You want to talk about parity? You got it. Four teams at the top right now at six and two, including the Ravens. Buffalo's five and three. And then the four teams below them are all four and three as well, including two of the teams in the AFC North in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I'm sorry, three of the four in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. They all sit four and three. The Jets, speaking of torn Achilles, Sarah, if Aaron Rodgers finds a way to come back this year, and the Jets do just enough to when he can come back that they're stick around in yep. the thick of it in the playoff picture. This is going to be one of the most insane stories in the history of football. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you to the Denver Broncos for their upset win. I, and this is crazy. All six and two. But Bobby, is this is where the Ravens are always at when they have Lamar Jackson healthy. This is going to continue for the Ravens as long as Lamar is healthy. Knock on wood. They are all they are they are the top of the AFC among the top of the AFC when Lamar's just healthy because I mean that's how good this this team is. This is gonna be a blast to watch this end out. And the NFL is getting exactly what they want, exactly what you want. It's what you said. It's all about parody, baby, and they've got it. Oh, do they ever? Before we get to the guest lines, as promised. Cybertech, it's our exclusive sponsor. They are a next-generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm. A new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, Cybertech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, Cybertech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. Cybertech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, meet myself, Sarah, and the Cybertech team for an introduction. 
You can get started today by scanning the QR code that you see in the upper right-hand corner of this broadcast, or you can send an email to the one that we have provided at the top of the show notes. To the guest line we go. Yes, it's our brand new segment. Viewers, join the vault. 30 seconds. Let us know where you're at, where you're tuning in from, and the one thing you want to talk about. Sam, and then David's up next. What's going on, brother? Welcome inside the vault, man. Bobby, first off, new jacket. What y'all think? New hoodie. Oh, I like it. Uh, hey, mine's new, new, too. I think Sarah's got you beat, mine's man. Mine's new, too. Come on. <laughs> JC, look at this. JC Penny. My mom bought it in Baltimore, but I live in Dallas. I live in cowboy country. It's hard. It's, old, man. it's, it's hard <laughs> being a, a fan in cowboy country. But let me tell you what. We represent. And you know what? I, Bobby, my question is, what do you think about Marlo? Because Marlo, he was holding on. looked like he was holding on to Marquise a little bit. Like he, he was scared of getting burnt, you know? Well, I mean, Marquise is awfully shifty. And, and Marlon's still coming back from that foot procedure. So yeah. we said it a minute ago. It was a blatant DPI, right? Mm-hmm. No question about it. And uh, and for Marlon, I think it's just going to take some more time for, for him to kind of get back into, I don't know about football shape per se, but get his legs yeah. from underneath him. We know he's, in, in my opinion, he is more talented, more of an impact player inside than outside. He was outside there against a guy who's faster than him and, uh, and got beat. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm scared. I'm scared he's going to put us in a situation where, you know, it, it, we won't look so good, you know? They'll... They'll make but, uh, sure. They'll hey, make sure hey, he's good to go. He'll make sure I, he's good to go. I, I watch y'all. I represent y'all even here in Texas. You know, in, in, the, in the cowboy country. You know, it's hard out here. To go. <laughs> it's hard out here. But yeah, I love y'all. Thank you so much, man. Thanks so much, Sam. All right, on to David. Let's bring him inside the vault. I love the energy there for our first caller. By the way, we have a live chat link, and there's over a hundred comments since I dropped it in there. So Sarah, I might as well. Drop it in here again. And while I do, let's bring in David. David, you are becoming a, a fixture, my man. You really are here. <laughs> Happy Matt Burke look. Were you, were you watching the game with the helmet fully on? No. <laughs> nope. Uh, happy early Halloween, guys. Felt like I would get in the spirit. Uh, what I wanted to talk about is... Oh, wait a second. I'm going to have to intercept you for a second because people were not happy with you on the pregame show. I know, you know that, right? I know they were. And Sarah was not what watching. What happened? So let me what just happened? say. Let me just say. David said. David went out on a limb. I'm gonna. I'm keeping receipts. You guys know it's my favorite thing to do. I still would do it. David, what did you, what did you say you would offer to Tennessee for Derrick Henry? For Derrick Henry, if it's the piece to put you over the top, which I think it is, I think we could win a Super Bowl. I would give up our first rounder this year. If oh, that- God. <laughs> Oh, woof, David, woof. <laughs> what? That would be a sucker move. The ADC would be the biggest sucker on the planet if he gave up a first for Derrick Henry. Come on. <laughs> Let's get on to We We debated this all morning long. So, right, so you, right, you let right. us know. What do you want to talk about tonight, David? <laughs> I want to talk about this guy. Rashad Bateman. Okay. Yep. Because I think a lot of us, have been hard on him and he's had to deal with a lot, not just with the injuries, but the personal things that are going on. Being a person that struggles with mental health myself, I can definitely attest to how hard it is to just do daily things, let alone go out and play at a high level. And I think that if the lion spike award, if I had any say so, which I obviously don't, should go to him this week because he made arguably two of the biggest plays in the game to make sure that they won this game. That end around that you were speaking on, Sarah, earlier, uh, I believe that set up the last touchdown because of the pass interference for Beckham. And um, they don't get that touchdown if he doesn't make that play. Love it. I love it, David. Thanks for calling in, my man. And, and you're right. We, we've It's well documented, the struggles that he's had. And losing a couple family members this offseason and, and, and availability from a physical standpoint, not being on his side through his first couple NFL seasons. So, yeah, I think we gave him his flowers a little while ago. We'll, we'll certainly give it to him again. Partner, the trade deadline is Halloween Day, Tuesday, the 31st 4 at 4 p.m. Eastern. So we are going to have plenty to discuss over the course of the next 48 hours. We know that much like the Roquan acquisition, 
much like the night of the draft two years ago with dealing Marquise Brown. Things were very, very quiet leading up to those moves. So don't necessarily confuse the silence for a lack of movement behind the scenes, right? EDC, you'd have to think, is fully capable yet again of pulling something off that we do not see coming, and I can't wait to see, if that's the case, what it is. He's for sure working the phones, 1,000%. It's because he does it so often, it's almost like everybody expects it. If it doesn't happen, like, remember, it always takes two to tango. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens. I don't think there's a guarantee that there will for sure be a trade, but I can guarantee he's working the phones. Huge thank you to two of our newest patrons for supporting everything we're building here inside the vault this month through Patreon, Ivan Gunn and Leilani. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, especially if you're a small business owner in the Baltimore area, go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. I do have to say, Sarah, specifically uh, last weekend, the small business owners have been calling. I've been busy doing the back end business side of things, man. There's a lot going on here and, uh, and, and the momentum's real. The Ravens winners of uh, what? Three straight now, six and two three through straight. eight weeks of football. And, uh, and next up are the Seattle Seahawks who come to the bank. It's going to be some home cooking and then primetime games are going to be starting up not long after that, which means your me and your schedules are going to be out of this oh, world. I love the primetime games for the Ravens, and I hate it for us. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal for a lot of a lot of fans. It's just too late on the East Coast. Can't we yep. start them at seven? Maybe six. Exactly. It's funny. I was coming back from Philadelphia today at a golf weekend with the, with the boys, and I was like, "This is the first and they're they're New York fans, so of course they get all these primetime games right out of the jump." And and he's like, "You've had one o'clock games the entire way." I go, "Well, excluding London, literally like yeah. one o'clock games the entire way." And you learn to love it. Just you, you learn to get into such a rhythm based on what we uh, you know how we do our show and whatnot. But yeah. anyway, that is still to come. Busy week ahead. Thank you to Cybertech for sponsoring this episode. And again, quick turnaround. By the time you're listening to this, if it's in audio-only form, which reminds me to let you know that you can uh, you can go check out what we're doing on a daily basis in the audio space, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google Play, you name it. Uh, definitely could use some ratings and reviews if you could take the 30 seconds to do that in whatever space that you use. We hit our 10,000 uh, subscription milestone earlier this week, which was awesome, in under 13 months of creating here on YouTube. So if you enjoy the video, please like. If you like the channel, please subscribe. Uh, huge, huge, huge support from you guys, and it's been a whole lot of fun over the last year or so. Uh, what did I want to mention? Roquan Smith will be joining the show tomorrow. That's Monday the 30th for our next episode of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith powered by Cybertech. So be on the lookout for that. Typically, now they are flying back from Arizona. We have yet to figure out what time we're recording, but typically it's somewhere in that early to mid-afternoon hour. So be on the lookout for that. And partner, if, if you got anything else, go right ahead before we close. Six and two, tied for the top of the AFC. Let's keep it rolling. Seahawks won't be easy but it can be done. Home game, making them cr travel across the country. You guys are the best. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, and our entire team of two, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this week eight victory for the Ravens. 31 to 24 is the final. Like Sarah said, six and two entering week nine, and we will talk to you on Monday afternoon. Later. Later.